0: Hello, everyone. I'm Alan Potcotter, and you're listening to Call Talk for April 5th, 2023. Today's topic is hiring CSR's latest on security, screening, and drug testing. If you're listening live, we invite you to be part of the show and ask questions. Here's how you do it. You can email me at calltalk@benchmarkportal.com. I want to remind everyone that all of our shows are archived and available to listen to at Benchmark Portal any time of the day. And now with that, I would like to introduce the host of the show, Bruce Belfiore.
1: Thank you, Alan, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. As Alan mentioned, today we'll be talking about a hot topic, hiring CSRs, the latest on security screening and drug testing. I'm interviewing Christine Kunin, president of Higher Image, a nationally accredited background and drug testing company. She's the former chairperson of the Professional Background Screening Association and is still actively involved. Christine is a frequent speaker on background and drug testing trends and insights throughout the country. Welcome back to the show. It's great having you back, Christine. You were here a couple of years ago, and we're looking forward to your updates.
2: Well, thanks for having me, Bruce. It's a pleasure to be back with you on the show.
1: Okay, great. Well, let's start with drug testing and the legalization of marijuana. Uh, what do employers need to know at this point in time
2: well i will say this is definitely the hot topic these days <laughs> uh so from medical marijuana to recreational marijuana to when you can test how you can test what you can test the law the laws really do vary by jurisdiction so employers and you know hiring managers have to, have to be extremely careful Um, especially if you're a multi-state employer and uh, there is no one-size-fits-all drug testing process anymore like there used to be years ago. So I suspect this is an area that we're going to see an increase in litigation because of all the laws, and they're different in every jurisdiction. Um, So it's unclear for employers like how to keep up with everything. Right now we're tracking uh, through our Professional Background Screening Association 51 pending bills, Um, at the state legislatures related to testing for marijuana, so I suspect even more laws coming your way. Um, And what I really recommend for for employers right now is just look at your substance abuse policies, right? Like um, likely if you haven't updated it in in the recent past, like within the last year or so, um, it's likely out of date and needs some updating. And I really feel like it makes sense to have a policy with addendums to account for the state and local testing laws.
1: Mm, okay, so yeah, just tell us a little bit more about what you mean by addendums on your policy.
2: So when I say um, have addendums, it's really just have one central policy that covers kind of the generalized area of drug testing, and then the addendums to have for every state you're in. So if you're in Arizona, have an Arizona addendum. If you're in California, have a California addendum. So really just like a state-by-state addendum. Um, and then just to kind of let you know on what's going on at some of the state and local uh, areas with that, if you're in currently in New York, New Jersey, Montana, Rhode Island, Nevada, Philadelphia, you should not be testing for marijuana uh... as you're hiring folks so do not test for marijuana as uh, part of your pre-employment screening process and then we also have uh... washington dc starting july thirteenth twenty twenty three and then california starts january twenty twenty four and you might think oh well it's automatically going to be taken taken out of my testing it doesn't automatically happen so if you're in those jurisdictions make sure you're talking to your providers and and you're not testing for marijuana really important Um, And then what I would also like to add, Bruce, there is I know a lot of the, you know, contact centers, call centers, they have contracts with their clients, and the clients dictate what they do for background checks and drug testing. So if you're in one of those jurisdictions and you're required to test and include marijuana testing, you might want to go back to those contracts and amend them or talk to your clients uh, because you don't want to be a foul of the law in those jurisdictions.
1: Wow. Okay. That's a lot to have on your plate. So, Christine, are you seeing a lot of employers just removing the marijuana testing altogether?
2: You know, we definitely are seeing a trend. Uh, It's kind of the easier route, right? So you're not running afoul of any laws. Just take out the THC or marijuana testing from your drug test. Uh, but uh, we're not seeing that obviously with safety sensitive positions or feder- federally regulated positions. So because they're required to do it or safety sensitive, you know, there could be some workplace uh, safety issues. But a lot of uh, contact centers have contracts with their customers that have that specific testing. So again, you want to just make sure you're checking first and before you just start removing it altogether.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So if you have a federal contract, then it could be that the federal uh, regulations will trump the state ones, but there might be a little bit of uh, uncertainty there. Is that correct?
2: Yes, yeah, uh, that's a great question, Bruce, because it's federally regulated like talking about uh, people driving trucks and uh, FAA, you know, flying airplanes. But with federal contracts, it's a little nuanced. There is a case out of Connecticut, actually, with a medical marijuana case, and they said, oh, well, I'm a federal contractor, so I can still test and hold that against somebody if they tested positive for marijuana. And that federal court in Connecticut ruled uh, by the way of the applicant. So you've got to be really careful. Um, it's, not, it's not just cut and dry, black and white, as far as uh, drug testing and a federal contract. So.
1: Well, that's wonderful. It really makes life simpler,
2: doesn't it? <laughs> You're, not easy. Bureaucracy. <laughs>
1: Yes, exactly. Bureaucracy is going to bury us all, particularly when it's not even uh, all in the same direction. Well, you know, that's really good to know, though. Is there anything else our listeners should know about drug testing before we move on?
2: Well, I mean, we could probably talk the <laughs> the full time here on just drug testing. But, um, yeah, I, I just want to mention a couple of things, right? So recently we actually had a, si- a situation with uh, one of our contact centers They're in multi-state, but they opened a new location in Nevada. Um, And they're used to using those instant oral tests just to move it along fast. Well, they weren't allowed to use that in Nevada. They run afoul of the law, so they prohibit you from doing instant tests uh, in the state of Nevada. And there's other states like that as well. So what I'll tell you is... Just don't think you can go into another city, another state, and have the same process as, you know, where your current location is. Just be really careful of that. And again, I I can't reiterate enough to really look at your substance abuse policy um, and really get those updated. And then, you know, just also to mention, Bruce, um, we are hosting a webinar on compliance in the age of marijuana on June 7th of this year. Uh, And I can share the details with you and your team. And I know if Those that are listening after uh, this live show, um, we'll also have a recording of it, too, so people can get access. And that will be a full hour of the fun we have with marijuana.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like the way you put that. The fun we have with marijuana. Okay, uh, toward the end of it, do you get the
2: munchies? Um, Anyway. Exactly. (laughs) I have been known to hand out uh, chips when I do public speaking in person. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, that's a kick. Okay, that's good. So uh, that could be a great resource for some people who want to go into more detail. So if uh, it's before, you're listening to this before June 7th, uh, 2023, uh, you can listen to it live, and otherwise you can go to uh, uh, Christine's uh, website and uh, see about getting the link to the uh, recorded. Sure. So that's good. So in that case of the folks in Nevada, you were able to keep them out of trouble, or did they get into trouble?
2: No, uh, we, had, we had an active meeting going on with them just to go over things, and when they brought that up, uh, we were able to get them to stop doing that uh, before anybody else <laughs> found out about it. So okay, good, they, good. They, they're on, they on the, the – you know, you know, uh, <laughs> they've been – to
1: be safe than Sorry. That's great. That's great. Okay, so how about the security screening side of things? Let's move over there. Uh, what's the latest on, on that score?
2: Yeah, well, that's also pretty busy. Uh, so our legislators and uh, the courts in this area continue uh, to challenge us. So, And there's a couple like main points I just want to hit in this area. So let's start with ban the box or fair chance laws. So by now, you probably all know, ban the box, what does that mean? It just simply means taking that initial question off the application where you say, have you ever been convicted of a crime? Just take that box off. Hopefully all of you have by now because most states have laws that you can't have it on. Um, So that's how the laws started out, right? Just take that question off. Um, And there's currently 18 states with some form of ban the box and many more cities and even some counties with additional laws. But what we're seeing now that in addition to the new jurisdictions passing laws uh, related to these fair chance hiring initiatives, we're seeing many jurisdictions who previously passed laws now going back and making their laws even stronger. So, for example, Hawaii was the first state in the country to pass a ban the box law, and that was back in 98. But now back in 2020, they amended it to further limit what information an employer can actually consider. Um, And then in Illinois is another example. They passed their ban-the-box law in 2015, but now in 2021 they amended it to require employers to determine the relationship of the crime to the position sought. Um, So there's currently 19 active bills in uh, local legislators related to these fair chance initiatives. So I'll just tell folks, don't feel like you know the answers because it's constantly changing.
1: Well, and and this is really a Jeopardy type of situation because if you say – Uh, that in the case of Illinois, for instance, in 2021 they amended it to require employers to determine the relationship of the crime to the position sought. I mean, wow. Um, So they have to be the arbiter of that. And what if, you know, sometime down the road some judge decides that they got it wrong? I mean, even if they did their best faith effort, if the judge says they got it wrong, they could still be in jeopardy. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, I, I wish I had a better answer for you, but it is definitely a murky area. The EEOC has guidance on factors to consider for assessing criminal records, so they have kind of a checklist. Okay. But all these state mm-hmm. laws, sometimes they throw in different ones. And, yeah, it's it's really hard for you, the employer, to know uh, exactly what to use and how to use it. So you just got to be really careful. Talk to your in Okay, they do provide you, you, however, counselor.
1: with a, a, at least a checklist to sort of determine it's sort of like is somebody a W-2 or 1099 – there is a, a checklist that they provide at least to help you uh, try to reduce the amount of jeopardy you could get into. Is that correct?
2: Well, some do, some don't. So it just ah. I, I kind of point to the EEOC guidelines as a helpful tool. So I'm um, happy to share that with, with you and your folks uh, if you need it after okay. the show. And then, you know, okay. kind of further to the Fair Chance Initiative, Bruce, there's uh, what are now called the Clean Slate Laws, and this is kind of more – recent type of legislation that we're seeing and it's kind of an expansive record clearing legislation just kind of wiping out background uh the criminal records of folks so basically they're looking at certain level of offenses you know maybe so long ago just kind of wiping them out so that an employer can't hold that against someone so right now there's 10 states with these clean clean slate laws and we're seeing a lot more in this area uh, but there's folks that are advocating for it so Um, And hopefully, nobody on this webinar is relying solely on multi-jurisdictional database searches because if you do, you have to be aware some of those records are getting automatically expunged. And if you're relying on those databases and they're not cleaning that data or giving you the most up-to-date data, you could get in trouble. And I do see a lot of contact centers that try to do that quick, easy background check. So be careful on that. Um, Definitely want to stress that. Uh, But these laws, they have great intentions, but with any governmental agency, I worry about the process of clearing those records and ensuring that uh, the wrong ones are not removed. So that's an area to be really paying attention to there.
1: Mm. So, yeah, I do. So with regard to the multi-jurisdictional database searches, are are those uh, government entities that are doing that, or these are private sector companies that are doing that?
2: yeah great question. private sector companies, there's a lot of a lot of them out there that you can just buy those database searches, and even uh, uh-huh. companies if you're using your background screening company as the provider, you know they might have access to those. I just tell people don't rely on that. you know we use it as a tool as well, but not the only uh-huh. search you so you want to check with the primary source of those criminal records to make sure they haven't been expunged because that's when you, the employer, will get into some trouble.
1: Okay, because you'd expect that those private sector companies would realize that they are liable. They're taking on liability if they don't do it right. But I know some of them are not all that well. You know, not that big and well structured, so uh, they they may not. You got to look. You got
2: to look at the fine print. (laughs) It tells you. Yeah. as for a final decision, you know, they they have it all caveated out that uh, don't rely on it for a final decision. So be careful there. Oh. And then the other, yeah, the other area I would tell folks uh, that's kind of the hot area is, and I'm sure well aware of it, is pay transparency and salary disclosures. So, again, mm-hmm. another well-intentioned area to help fix the gender wage gap, you know, that we've been seeing. But it might cause some other issues related to your screening process. So be careful of that. So when can you verify your prior salary history in addition to posting salary bans in your job posting? So just just kind of be aware of that. Are you doing that process correctly with your background screening provider or are you in-house? Uh, right now there's six. Uh, new jurisdictions that passed legislation in twenty twenty two and we see seventeen pending bills uh, right here in twenty twenty three for for this area. so be careful of that.
1: Wow, okay any specific uh, sort of stories to tell or tips to give with regard to this?
2: Um, <laughs> what I would tell folks is you know not related to background check, but make sure you're um, you know if you 're asking on your job application. Don't be asking what the prior salary history is. Take that off. A lot of – some of the legislation, if you're in certain states, allows you to ask about the salary history post-offer, so you still can ask during the background process. You just got to be really careful of the when you're asking. But the salary bans area, too, um, New York City is actually going back and looks like they're amending what they're doing because – folks are getting like, oh, it could be anywhere from $0 to $250,000. So employers were starting to get a little creative and saying, I'm not going to give you you know, a range of $10,000 of the pay scale. I'm going to make it really broad. Um, so those those states are going or cities are going back and changing those laws as well. So you've got to be really careful uh, to follow the bouncing ball of changing legislation. <laughs>
1: okay, great, great. The bouncing ball it is. So it sounds like a lot's <laughs> happened in the screening industry. Uh, The clean slate area sounds uh, really interesting and challenging. Um, And can you explain what you mean with your worry about the process for clearing these records?
2: Yeah, I I really do worry about this area. So while, um, you know, We're relying on governmental agency to follow what the law that passed to said, hey, expunge all these records that are, you know, say, over 10 years old or are just a minor, you know, drug possession, you know, maybe someone possessed marijuana. So, like, get rid of those records. Um, And the reason, I'll I'll give you an example. There's uh, one in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania was the first state to implement the clean slate law back in 2018. um, And just this past November, there was an investigative report. And what they revealed is, some records that are no longer available that should be so and notably it was franklin county pennsylvania 80 percent of all the criminal cases that were removed and it included rape murder um they were just they just removed the cases um so they're not available which is awful uh pennsylvania is currently working to address it to get those records back in there but isn't that worrisome of what is going to be erased when you leave it in the hands of those governmental agencies so again well-intentioned but maybe not Mm -hmm. implemented completely so that's what i worry about there
1: uh, that is worrisome, very scary. Um, if they can't handle the implementation, why why are these government entities continuing to pass the laws?
2: <laughs> well, we can get into a whole conversation on just politics alone, right? But although the intentions are good, there's usually, you know, those unintended consequences. So the Fair Chance initiatives, Clean Slate Acts, they're really aimed at helping to build a, an effective diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy, right, which everyone's working towards. And as studies have showed that African-American, Latino males, they're more likely to be incarcerated than white males. So it disproportionately affects their opportunities. So with that, that's why, you know, they're passing these laws, right? But there's fewer employer incentives, and I'm a fan of give employers incentives to hire folks like this. Um, rather mm-hmm. than punishing. So right now we got the Federal uh, Work Opportunity Tax Credit, the Federal Bonding Program, and in my opinion, they're just not enough, and so it doesn't give folks enough incentive to hire folks like that. Uh, but wouldn't it be great if the government, instead of finding punishments for employers, found incentives? I mean, wouldn't that be a great <laughs> a great thing for business?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay, so there might be a little less on the – regulations and rules uh, uh, and laws side and a little more on the incentive side. Uh, interesting approach. No, you've really thought this through very well, uh, Christine. Did, do you have any ideas uh, for the incentives or, in, or increased incentives?
2: Yeah, you know, I can't say as I'm a policy expert, so I can't say as I have any exactly, But um, and we could probably spend an entire podcast and get some policy folks on it. But, uh, but again, my concern is that there's, the initiatives are kind of going the wrong way. Uh, for example, there's a bill pending right now in California that would ban employment screening altogether. So no employment screening in the state of California. How awful would that be if you're an employer in the state of California? So there's a hearing next week on that. Um, but, you know, with California, we don't know where, where that's going to go. So, And I know we're all busy in our daily lives, but we've got to really look at these things and hear what's going on and, and get active and, and make sure we speak up um, and know what's happening out there because it's a little scary for sure.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. And, uh, okay, so for uh, employers who want to do the right thing but who are concerned about, in some cases, uh, things being overdone or where there's um, sort of the discretion that's left uh, uh, to the employers that's rope that's long enough to hang themselves and to, you know, find themselves in legal jeopardy and, and with liability down the road, all that sort of thing. In other words, where uh, if you're looking for some way as an employer to represent a common sense uh, view to these governmental entities, um, do you have some suggestions for that? I'm wondering whether there is something like, you know, on the outbound uh, call center side, there's PACE. Uh, which is a nonprofit organization which does um, lobbying for on behalf of people in that industry. Uh, in, in this case, would people, would employers look to the chamber of commerce, the national chamber of commerce, and perhaps state and local chambers of commerce to help them out in terms of representing, uh, you know, a common sense viewpoint to uh, these governments that are trying to to you know, have well-intentioned goals but where the laws may in fact be a big problem for employers.
2: Yeah, that's some great points, Bruce. I think, you know, I belong to the Professional Background Screeners Association and we have active lobbyists that we work with. And I know we're active with the um, U.S. Chamber of Commerce, with the local chambers of commerce in different states. Um, I know there's HR organizations like SHRM and others that folks can get involved with. Um, It just Uh depends kind of the business and the location and and maybe where those laws are coming through of getting involved. Um, You know, there's another area we didn't mention, which I think might be an important thing for folks to walk away with today. Um, And it really, it's touching on background screening, but it's touching on the overall hiring process. And it's a hot topic right there in the news now is the um, use of artificial intelligence and AI. We've got to be really careful about that as employers, uh, there was a recent lawsuit. They just sued, um, someone just sued a class action lawsuit against Workday, which is one of the big ATS systems, about the use of AI in hiring. And the EEOC and different government agencies right now are really looking at this area. They came out with guidance, and they say you, the employer, are responsible to know the software you're using. So say you have a re- uh, like a resume uh, vetting system you use, so you're getting thousands of resumes in, and it's you know, it gives you back the hundred that fit your criteria. You better know the algorithm behind that. You're responsible as the employer. You can't just put it on the uh, software provider. They're really looking at at that during the hiring process. So that's a hot, hot topic. <laughs> um, and we just thought, like I said, the lawsuit just came out this past month um, against one of the big providers of HR kind of solutions for the hiring process. So be careful. And if if you're using any of those, you know, talk to your team. You might want to go back and go to your software providers and say, we need to understand the algorithm. And I'll just give you a quick example of how it happened um, with one of our employers. It was a manufacturer and they said, oh, we, we left out a zip code because it just wasn't on the bus route, but it was a low-income neighborhood. They could have gotten in trouble, you know. So it's, it's different ways of looking at things. You don't, again, you don't mean to be discriminatory, but there might be something in the algorithm that's knocking mm-hmm. some people out of out of that uh that class. So gotta be careful.
1: Wow. Okay. Uh Christine, you are really up to date on all this stuff. A lawsuit that came out this past month that sounds very, very uh challenging to uh be able to to keep up with because if you're responsible for the software algorithms of the HR uh screening people that you use, wow. I mean <laughs> Uh, do I have that right, or, or am I overstating yeah, things? Yeah,
2: that's that's no, that's pretty much what the government's telling us. That uh, you, the employer, you're responsible to know what what systems you're using to what you know during the hiring process. So um, yeah, it's pretty scary because everyone's so busy, right? <laughs> you're, you're paying for exactly. software to help you out to, to make yourself exactly. more efficient to get get it moving, and um, and and you know a lot of these companies don't want to tell you their algorithm. It's kind of their secret sauce, so. Um, you know, it's it's definitely going to be another area that I see a big challenge for employers. Um, yeah. it's, it, it's not going to be a fun area, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> no, no. It's certainly uh, life is getting more complicated, and people will outsource specifically so that they don't have to concern themselves with some of these things. And now uh, what we're saying is that, uh, in fact, you do have to uh, concern yourselves with it. So this is a very good heads up. Maybe not a welcome one but a very good heads-up, uh, Christine, certainly. Well, boy, there's a lot to think about on this topic. Uh, before we close, is there anything else our audience should be aware of uh, before we wrap up?
2: I think we could probably talk an hour on all the topics <laughs> um, that I brought up. But I'd say, if you know, a couple of takeaways for you, right, is – definitely if you haven't you know and and maybe it's not your role but make sure your company is reviewing the substance abuse policy and then also the background screening policy and as i just mentioned with the ai situation make sure any systems you're using to help the efficiency of your process of hiring that you're understanding how that process works i'd say those are the kind of the three top things and especially if you're multi-state i'm telling you right now you got to look at each jurisdiction, you know, obviously it's not just with background screening and drug testing, it's all the employment laws, right? Um, so don't if you're multi-state, you've got to be really super careful. So those would be my kind of takeaways. If you took nothing else away today, if you walked away with that, um, I, think, I think we're successful.
1: Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Christine, for uh, joining us. And um, I think we, we learned a lot. This was an information-packed session. And, um, again, thank you very much. So if, you, if you, do you have any final words, or should we turn things over to Alan to wrap things up?
2: Yeah, you can turn it over to Alan, or if you had any questions, uh, happy to answer them.
1: Okay. Now, I think uh, you've answered all the questions that we have, and uh, really appreciate your being on the show. So thank you very much. Alan, over Thanks. to you.
0: Thanks again to Christine and Bruce for an insightful discussion on today's show. Be sure to join us next month for another great show or look at our huge selection of archive shows on hot topics at benchmarkportal.com. Then click on the resources button and click on Call Talk where you'll find over 14 seasons of this show. From all of us at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. This is Alan Pockwater signing out. Have a great day.